0: Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening on today's episode. Now, you're not getting season five yet. That's coming January in 2023. However, you are getting to listen to one of the top four episodes of our 2022 season, and I love each of these episodes so much. We did the three top guest episodes, as well as the top solo episode from this year. And I hope you are able to, if you didn't listen to it before, you get a chance to listen to it now, or you re-listen to it and pull out new nuggets that you may have missed, you know, whenever the kid was crying or the dishes got loud, or it was time to pull dinner out of the oven. Be safe, have a great holiday season, and I will see you guys in 2023. On today's episode of the Successful Lens podcast, I'm really excited to introduce you to Ez Powers. Ez Powers is a disabled, transgender, non-binary photographer based in Chicago, Illinois. Z are known as a mental health, disability, gender, and class advocate in their communities. They are an educator, mentor, and listen to marginalized people. They just released their first boudoir guide, which you can find in our show notes, which details gender-affirming approaches and promotes trans inclusivity as its main purpose. Listen in as we chat about how to position yourself to attract trans and queer folks on your website, Facebook groups, and Instagram. Hey, y'all. Welcome to season two of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you're a photographer looking to grow your business through marketing strategy and different revenue streams, then this is 100% the season you're going to want to listen into. We have a range of guests talking about different ways to grow your photography business through multiple marketing platforms, copy strategy, and revenue streams. So grab your favorite glass of wine, a cup of coffee, your AirPods, and a pen and paper, and let's dive in. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining on another episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. I'm really, really excited about today's guest as powers. You guys are going to be able to get a chance to hear and learn from as, and really walk away with some incredible strategies and tips to position yourself to attract trans and queer folks on your website, Facebook groups, and Instagram. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Awesome.
0: Well, tell us a little bit about you, how you got started, what you love, all of the fun things.
1: My personality is hyper fixated on photography related things, (laughs) but um, for the most part, I call myself an educator, a photographer, and an editor. Those three categories of life have given me so much enrichment and benefits and community in life. My wedding photography focuses on uh, queer couples in Chicago and New York City, and my boudoir photography specializes in uh, gender affirming approaches. Which I am releasing a new guide soon that uh, goes over how to work with trans clients and how to pretty much how to create a safer space. There's no such thing as a 100 safe space, but I do think there's there's worthiness in the effort to get there.
0: <laughs> awesome. I love that. So tell me about I know you mentioned in in the form that I had you fill out that you've been passionate about photography since a child, since being a child. Tell me about how that passion evolved over the course of your life.
1: Oh gosh, that's a long story, but I'll I'll try to keep it short and sweet. So I started doing photography when my grandfather introduced me to it when I was around eight years old. He took me on a lot of trips with him during the end of his life. He decided he was going to travel everywhere and see all the national parks and get involved with the community. And uh, he showed me basically how to people (laughs) and put a camera in my hand early enough to develop a lifelong passion And ultimately, by the time I was 16, I started my business and funded a trip to Kenya to do nonprofit work and photograph water resources for towns that had access to what they needed for fresh water, but didn't have the methods or money to drill. My work there contributed to bringing water to a couple of different towns in rural Kenya. And then from there, you know, I, I was still very young by the time that happened. I just kind of went on into pursuing weddings after that. I found a passion in documentary journalism type, film type wedding photography.
0: That's amazing. I, that's incredible that you funded a trip to Kenya, like at 16 years old. That's incredible.
1: I am a very determined and passionate person, and I'm also autistic, so that kind of helped me out there. The obsession with photography was deeply rooted in those earlier years. I mean, I I would read every single book I could get my hands on, read every magazine uh, from National Geographic that I could get my hands on. I wanted to be just like my grandfather and uh, do my own thing and have my own business and support myself. I love that.
0: That's incredible. That's just amazing. So, talk to me through about how, like the inception of your business, you thought, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to support myself to where you're at now and how it's evolved over the course of the years to you really serving people not only as a photographer but also as an educator that that needs you in their life
1: you know after you hit a certain amount of years in the industry you do accumulate like a certain level of knowledge that is very helpful and knowledgeable to the people that are starting out and uh you know depending on who you are and what you experience you know you may experience things in business that other photographers don't. And for me, that's my transgender identity. I am a trans, masculine, agender person. And uh, that all boils down to someone who is visibly queer and um, advocates openly about affirming all identities. And I, I do mentor quite a few people on you know, basics of working with trans people involving linguistics and um, what to expect in the studio space, how to approach mistakes and how to shrink the fragility that you feel when you're trying not to offend somebody.
0: Right. So when you mention coaching or mentoring others through mistakes, what are some common mistakes that you guide people
1: through? One is misgendering. Misgendering is when you refer to a person in the incorrect way in regards to their gender. You can do it by calling someone by the incorrect pronouns or using the wrong name for them. We call that wrong name our dead name for a very good reason. (laughs) We don't want to hear it. And, um, you know, we understand that there are slip ups of course. And we appreciate when people do correct themselves after slip ups. And that's my biggest tip for people that are making these mistakes, and kind of concerned about how frequent they make them in spaces. You know, if you're making them all the time, you may not be ready to be in a space with other trans people. But you might also just need some practice. And you need to make sure that the amount of times you're slipping up isn't you know, becoming overbearing at times. There are certain family members and certain colleagues of mine that I've had to distance myself from because they misgender me frequently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a matter of respect and seeing and affirming that trans, non-binary, and metagender people exist when it comes to pronouns. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So what are some ways that photographers can curb those mistakes before, before they happen, whether it's, you know, on their social media or their website or in consultation calls, even.
1: So you're going to want, I mean, ideally you do mentor sessions with somebody who's educated on the subject. If you're someone who knows nothing at all about trans people then you might not even want to take that client. You might want to refer that client to somewhere that is capable and ready to affirm and won't mess up or say inappropriate things because there are a lot of things that people say that they don't intend to offend with. But at the end of the day, your, your impact is what we're looking at and If your impact is lots of misgendering and lots of, you know, uh, confusion around certain topics and kind of like you're always walking on eggshells around a person, that's also very off-putting to be put in that situation. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So if,
0: because I think what someone or uh, photographers may feel if they refer out Those potential clients that they might end up offending them? Is there a way to phrase it where it's not offensive? It's really for that person's best benefit?
1: I would just say, you know, I am someone who is not super fluent in uh, working with transgender people. And I am working on that actively right now. But I do not feel like I am qualified to give you the best experience that you could possibly have with a photographer. And I think that this person, who I know has been working on themselves for a very long time, and or this person happens to also be queer and trans, this person might be able to be like a 100% foolproof photographer for you. I'm happy to work with you as if you're aware of those things that I am learning and going through. But if you want a space that is all around ready for all aspects, doesn't remind you of microaggressions, then I would go to X person.
0: That is such an eloquent way to say it. I would never, I write emails for a living and I would not have been able to write something like that. Do you mind if I have our podcast manager, like write that down and put in our show notes as a resource? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Because I, that was amazing. Absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, All right. definitely.
0: So if a photographer is looking to really affirm and serve that demographic, transgender, non-binary, metagender, how would they do that in a way that isn't sleazy or tokenizing?
1: Okay. So... I would start off by looking at your current portfolio and asking yourself just how much work you're currently doing in your life to actively promote those types of people. You might need to do a certain model call and the wording, I can't really help you with, it's individual to each person's needs. I do have a template coming out, uh, an intersectional model call template that people can purchase. But otherwise, just generally have a model call and have, you know, offer free sessions. And if you're hiring a model, you know, if you're working with a model, like you cannot work with transgender models and expect to do it for free just because it doesn't matter who or how good you are or how much your average sale is or, or what. If you are a cis person, AKA a person who is not transgender, you are benefiting monetarily from them being in your portfolio, whether you like to admit it or not. And you need to pay them an hourly rate for that's appropriate. You know, you don't need to go overboard and tokenize them by paying them too much. But, you know, ask them what, what is your going rate for modeling? And if it's under 75 an hour, bump it up to like 150 because that's a fair wage for like a two to three hour session that takes them three hours to get ready for and thousands of dollars of transitioning. If they're a transitioned trans person, you know, a transitioned trans person easily spends about 20 to 40,000 on their body.
0: Wow.
1: And some people are lucky like me where I get top surgery for free because I have a certain type of insurance that is covering it but there's plenty of people out there who have had to pay out of pocket.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so that's one way we can do model calls. And if I would love if you sent me the link for the script that you're coming out, I would. we can absolutely put it in the show notes for people to purchase. I think it's a really important resource. So, okay, making sure that we're not tokenizing, doing a model call, making sure they're being paid a fair wage. What are some other ways Like, let's talk about copy on your website, your marketing. What are some ways that we can ensure that we are not ostracizing anyone in our copy?
1: A lot of things that can be done boil down to using gender neutral language, especially as a wedding photographer, when Mm -hmm. our industry is brides this, brides that, brides this, and even other queer focused uh, wedding vendors are all about same sex couples and yeah. same sex is not what you would call a couple with a trans person involved. I most people mean same gender when they say that. So technically calling like anyone who looks like a lesbian couple, it would be like misidentifying somebody. So the proper term is just married people, people getting married. You can, you know, if they themselves use the word bride to describe themselves, then yes. Right. Totally. totally. But on your website, you want to be catering to all genders when you're speaking. When you're doing any kind of website copy, you want to be speaking to your target audience. And a lot of that audience, if you're doing this, is looking for the know how in how to speak.
0: Yeah. Cause they're not, at least I'm going to make an assumption here. So you're more than welcome to correct me. <laughs> but I'm thinking if, I was looking for a photographer that's going to affirm my identity. The people who I love and are going to be at my wedding are likely in the same demographic, or at least some of them are. So I want to be sure that the vendors that I'm hiring aren't going to, like you mentioned, microaggressions or make my guests feel uncomfortable on the day of my wedding.
1: Right. There's a reason that most queer people hire other queer vendors, it's not just the discrimination from you know, cishet vendors, but it's also the fact that even when they're a reasonable supportive ally, that doesn't mean that you're ready to be in a space with a bunch of queer folks. It doesn't mean you're fluent in using pronouns or avoiding awkward questions that are intrusive or paying backhanded compliments to trans people about their passing appearance you know, saying like, wow, you look really good as a woman, you, you know. just <laughs> right. It things, you know, that cis people aren't thinking when they say. I don't think they mean to be offensive particularly, right. but there's a lot of room for error. And um, you need to do a little homework on your your environment. Just like photographing any cultural wedding, you need to be able to know about the traditions, the norms, and the sanctions that make it a space that's safe for them, and you need to mimic those things to blend in. Just boils well, down to being a good wedding photographer at the end of the day. Psst,
0: you hey you listening to this podcast right now I'm so excited thank you so much for listening today just because you're listening on this podcast you are going to be one of the very first to know that I am launching Jen Bay's coaching and education at the end of November and I could not be more excited about it now you may be wondering what is that And why do i care if you are wanting to grow your business wanting to take that next step in your business in 2023 or hit the next milestone whether that's going full time hitting five thousand dollars ten thousand dollar months this offers for you we have two calls per month Plus, you have boxer access to me, which basically means you kinda get me in your pocket Monday through Friday, which is super fun. And we strategize and prioritize so that you begin to hit the goals you've been chasing after in your business. This isn't a cookie-cutter approach. This is tailored to you, to your goals, and what you need, whether that's marketing, systems, Whatever it looks like for your business, this is where we come in. And I could not be more excited to help service providers across the nation grow their businesses in 2023. Schedule a free consultation through our show notes to see if this program would be a good fit for you. That's such a good point. I think we're so quick to say that, you know, I love all love and I support all love, but I think it's a very different practice between saying, yes, I love love and being able to go into a space and not only capture that day in a way that's authentic to them, but ensuring that your presence doesn't hinder any other guest's experience.
1: Right. You don't want to be the center of attention on the day of somebody's wedding, which is why a lot of people, you know, some people won't even hire a trans wedding photographer because it distracts from their day so much mm. which is another problematic behavior of cis couples when it comes to working with me but you know there's just all sorts of angles the wedding day can come from and you need for a good wedding photographer you need to be ready for all angles of a day no lighting situation is the same no right. no person is going to act exactly how you expect them to act on that day. Like behaviors change, uh, family members just rubbed you. Uh, there's uncle Bob's everywhere, taking pictures <laughs> and ruining, ruining your shots. And, um, you know, just like you don't want to be rude to uncle Bob and tell him, fuck. Sorry. Pardon, <laughs> it's, lady. Okay. it's okay. Just like, you don't want to be rude to him. You definitely don't want to be rude to any, any other guests about all their specific needs for respect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned something a moment ago about cis couples being hesitant to hire a trans photographer. Can, do you try to educate so that you can serve those couples or is it more about blessing and releasing and being like, you're not my person. It's fine. And I have a
1: second question to that, depending on your answer. Uh, it's more of a blessing release at this point. I am a, as someone who charges for education, I'm not looking to convince somebody that has made up their mind that I would distract their day versus be a contributing element. When you're coming from that standpoint, you are rooted in transphobia. And it's a red flag for me that you would even Bring it want up. me you would not hire me because you're more concerned about the opinions of your family than you are of you know generalized society
0: so how do you approach that with those you mentor do you is that really the the stance that you take like look it's not our place to educate people who are like you said rooted in transphobia it's our place to love the people who need us
1: so i say this with love and i say this Because I think everybody needs to know that transphobia is not something we're all free from. Everybody's transphobic and we all have certain levels of it to unlearn before we're ready to be in a space with a trans person. I, as a trans person who was in the closet for almost 23 years, I got very good at hiding who I was and being in all different spaces and catering to all different types of people but it is detrimental for myself as a trans person to be put into a situation where I might have to defend my identity while I'm working.
0: Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it very much. Um, Okay. So you've mentioned a couple times making sure that you are ready to be in that space in order to be a safe, safest as possible space for this community. How would one consider themselves ready? Is it making sure they've taken the mentorships? Is it being in the the space? Is it being confident in how you speak and, and making sure you're not making those mistakes?
1: We don't live in a world where mistakes are, you know, something we can always avoid. And I think that while some trans people don't owe you the kindness in explaining things to you. Mm -hmm. There are educators out there like myself. I'm not the only one who will get you started, guide you through the changes you need to make before you start working and ultimately get you used to working with a transgender person via that way. Mentoring or hiring someone to do a website audit for you and explain how to copy it All of those things are things that I do for people so that they can feel confident in their abilities to be in those spaces.
0: That's awesome. Okay. All right. So now my question is for a photographer looking to learn more about ensuring that they're in or they're heading in the right direction of being a trans, non-binary, metagender, queer ally, what is one thing that they can do today? to help them get there?
1: Hmm. I think you could go on YouTube and just Google different things like intro to trans 101 or trans 101 or things like non-binary explained. And uh, there, I can't remember the name of the website right now, but there's, there's somebody called Evie Winters who is the leader of a group that pretty much moderates and answers questions for anybody with transgender questions or anybody that has knowledge that they want to share or anybody that has questions for their job. I think it's so you want to know a trans person or something like that. Um, but Evie Winters is her name and she has a website and um, I highly recommend checking out her website for all sorts of detailed information about gender. It's not just about making your website pretty. It's not just about saying, I accept these people. You have to understand them too. You need to know what it means when you're saying this person is non-binary or you don't need to be an expert per se, but like read some of the website, follow people on Facebook and follow people on Instagram that are transgender activists. You know, there are some that are very problematic, but you can't go wrong with a couple of uh, trans people in your life advocating and showing you what they need. Yeah, I love that.
0: I am actually one of the first TikTok creators I ever followed is Jeffrey Marsh. Oh, yeah. And I absolutely love their stuff. So with that and Evie Winter, I, I haven't heard of, of Evie Winters, but we'll put all of these links in, in our show notes for profiles to follow and things to Google. Cause I think I wouldn't, if ever thought to YouTube it, that's such a smart, such a smart so, tip.
1: YouTube is like, it, it's just a goldmine. Yeah. I'm learning black history on YouTube right now. That's awesome. I <laughs> just love am learning about the slave codes.
0: I'm up to date. <laughs> so who are some other like would jeffrey jeffrey marsh be a good follower are there other profiles that you can you recommend that are good education platforms uh trans
1: normativity their name is a just a they are um a huge advocate for all sorts of different communities they're an activist uh, located in california right now but they used to be located in chicago so I had just actually missed them. They had a going away party and I couldn't, I couldn't make it, but (laughs) they wanted me to come in and take a picture with them. I just couldn't make it there. But one day maybe we'll meet. They like all my posts still to this day and it's been years. So I highly recommend trans trans normativity on Instagram.
0: Good. Awesome. All right. So we have some really great resources for our audience to, learn more about transgender and marginalized people. We have some really great tips for your website and your social media. And also just a tip to get started to go over to YouTube, which is, it feels like a no brainer, but I never Google anything on YouTube because I'm weird. I would also, just
1: I would note that when you're on YouTube, there are some horrible, horrible videos that you should avoid of just like demeaning and, or maybe, I mean, almost, I kind of do want you to watch them to see what not to do. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There you go. That's a good point. But but it's always good to be educated on counterpoints in case you have a friend and some, you know, jerk starts a conversation to try and challenge your trans friend's identity. Um, And it's your job as their friend to come to their defense. When people are being transphobic towards them, no matter, you know, what the argument started on, if it ends up on transphobic remarks, like friends, educators, photographers, everybody, you got to be ready to catch people that are doing that and be like, no, that's not acceptable behavior in 2021.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yep. absolutely. Okay. So uh, I always like to wrap up our interviews with three questions. My first is, what is your favorite
1: quote? So one of my favorite quotes is don't do what's easy, do what's right. That's sort of something that my grandpa has taught me and my mother has taught me and various, you know, figures in my life that have played parental roles, the ones that did the best job Installed the know how that things that are right are usually things that are very difficult, especially when it comes to doing activism. Unlearning all of the behaviors that the systems we live under have taught us takes immense privilege and immense energy and time and investment. And I'm 10 years into this. So I can say a lot more than the average person, but there are people who live with more intersections that have more things to deal with on their plate than we we could ever fathom. And um, doing what's right requires addressing the fact that, you know, it's this work is very hard.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right. So what is your favorite
1: business tool? Um, HoneyBook is like one of my favorite business tools. I've been using it for like five years now and it streamlined everything, put everybody's information in one place and gathered in emails for me when I couldn't figure out how to do it on my website. <laughs> and um, it's it's made payment so much easier. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't survive without my HoneyBook.
0: Yeah. HoneyBook is, is definitely one of my favorite tools. HoneyBook and Dubsado are like always warring for my affections.
1: <laughs> I was like stuck between the two for a really long time, but I, I, I started with HoneyBook and I just like stayed with it. I'm sure Dubsado is actually pretty cool too. I love
0: it. They have equal pieces of my heart. Cause I couldn't, I literally have both for my business. <laughs> okay so this is my favorite question so if you and i were to go grab a drink in chicago or you're in the suburbs so we can go in the suburbs if there's somewhere to go what would we have and where would we go
1: uh oh gosh i think we would go to cafe mustache
0: i love it already
1: in uh chicago Uh, I can't remember what neighborhood. I'm pretty sure Andersonville, which is like the gay neighborhood in Chicago.
0: Oh my Uh, gosh, I love that.
1: So I would bring you to, I would definitely bring you to a gay bar. We would go to the gayest bar I could find, which is usually Cafe Mustache. So, and it's also coffee too, which is like, you know, I'm not too much of a drinker. I love beer and I love like really thick, tart, hoppy beer. And... (laughs) And then I like black coffee. So, you know, (laughs) we can mix the two.
0: Yeah, I don't, I'm more of like a sweet coffee and fruity drink person. Although I will say I did just have my first dirty martini last week
1: and it was incredible. (laughs) It was so good. (laughs) I love, okay, I'm so much. Like I, I can't deal when somebody hands me like some crafted cocktail that is like three different flavors and there's <laughs> there's different fruit in there and I'm just like you know what I don't know what it is but I'm gonna drink all of it <laughs> I love it and then That's... three of them later it's a it's you know. yeah
0: yeah it's it's a problem yeah I I just had one I'm a lightweight I don't drink much I had just one martini I'm like ooh. I was out to dinner with by myself I'm like hmm, I'm gonna need to sit here
1: for a minute before I go anywhere <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Just that little warm feeling in your body where you're just like buzzing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, as thank you so very much for coming on. I know these topics are very vulnerable for you and, and your demographic. So you coming on and answering questions and being open with me and meeting me in this space means a lot to me. I don't take that lightly. So I appreciate you coming on so much and sharing your your knowledge with our audience. I think it's so important. So where can our audience hang out with you, learn more about you, book a mentoring session with you, all of the things?
1: Uh, so there will be a series of links that I will attach, but you can always find me in my Facebook group as Powers Education and Photography.
0: Awesome. Very good. You guys go to the show notes and um and check out those links. I appreciate you being here and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond the Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week.